Hey, and welcome to the podcast. Today I want to play another recording from a recent Men's Business and Leadership Summit that uh, we had back in September. And you're going to hear from Dave Eitmiller. Dave is really a fascinating man who has a lot of experience when it comes to business and leadership. But if you were talking to him, uh, you you really wouldn't know it. Not because he he doesn't know what he's talking about. Of course he does. But because he doesn't brag about it. He's such a humble man. And I've known Dave for quite a few years. And uh, while I had a general idea of what, what he did for work, I had no idea the magnitude of it or the the depth of experience he had in leadership and business until I really started asking him some specific questions. And uh, what became clear about Dave is if you look at his resume from a business perspective, it is uh, seriously impressive just in terms of his experience and what he's uh, been able to accomplish. But he'll be quick to tell you that's only a small part of who he is as a man. He he would prefer to talk about uh, God and what God's doing in his life and what God is doing in other people's lives. And so uh, he has just some really good wisdom to share when it comes to men and business and making sure that as men, we don't allow our, our vocation, our jobs to have too much authority in our lives. And so I think this is a great message. I sure hope you enjoy it. And uh, again, I want to invite you to join us for the next Business and Leadership Summit, December 8th. It's a Saturday morning from 8 to 10.30 a.m. There's more information on our website. You can register online as well at newlifechurch.org slash men. But enjoy a talk from Dave Eitmiller. My name is Dave Eitmiller. It's good to be here with you. I want to tack on to what Tim was talking about here and and I just want to go through um, the basic flow of what I want to say today is that you and all of us are more more than what we think we are on any given day to remind us that we're sons first and foremost, and we need to become sons. But the world the world has has fooled us. It's fooled all of us to some extent, and a lot of that comes through our job and our career and our work and the way that the world operates. But there's still an invitation to be the sons in the midst of that, and we need to receive that. We need to walk into that, and we need to learn how to live in that each day. So um, that statement that you today are more than what you think you are on any given moment. Right now, sitting here, you're more than what you've concluded you are sons, really? I mean, have you paused recently to consider and think about that, to just let that soak in, that you are not just an employee, you're not just a guy with a job, you're not just a guy with a career, you are a son? What's your reaction to that, that there's more, there's more to you than your job, there's more to you than being an employee? What is your reaction to that? What does your heart say? Does it say, Yes, please tell me it's true. <laughs> you know, or really? Like, what else could there be? I mean, there's two ends of that spectrum, right? You're in the middle of a great job, and this is all there is. This is great. Or you're in a, you're in a job that's just tough. It's like, please, please tell me there's more than, more than what's going on here. Whatever it is, whatever the reaction is, um, it's true. It's true that we are more than what we conclude about ourselves in, the, in any given day. 
But the world, the world's fooled us in a lot of ways. The world has fooled us and it's fooled me um, through uh, the way it operates and the way the world works. It's fooled us into thinking that our life is about, um, about our job. It's about our career. It's about, maybe it's about providing for our family, which is a good thing. Um, it's about being a big deal. It's about um, having more zeros on the end of your bank account. Um, which is something that I guess Tim counted, but, um, you know, it's, it's about, you know, that's, it's okay. It's good to have a lot of zeros at the end of your bank account, but that's not what you are about. That's not everything. And the, but the world, it's so easy to step into each day and to think that that's what it's about. That's, that's what my life is. It's about my job. It's about my career. Um, I'm just wanting to say that I think we've probably given too much authority to our jobs and our careers we have um, allowed it to define us on any given moment, any given day too much. And, and I, at least I know I have, you know. Um, I'm talking to myself as I say these things because um, I thought I was a pretty big deal, you know. The world thought I was a pretty big deal. Um, but I, I just want to say that 30 years on, that pretty big deal guy, um, I found the things that made me a big deal at work don't really make me a big deal at home. You know, it doesn't operate the same way. You know, and, and the travesty, the travesty of the way the world operates is it takes our gifting and it says, that's good, that's valuable. Here's some more money. I'll pay you for that. Our, our gifting can be used to make life work for us. It, it did for me. You know, and, and the travesty is that it works. Like, it does work to some extent, right? We can have a life. We can have a um, a story we can live in a story that that seems okay it's it's good enough um, but it's the world story um, I'd, I'd just like to take thirty seconds um, here and just ask you guys to just take this from a little bit different angle um, take thirty seconds and just settle your spirit a bit close your eyes if you want to but just get in touch with your heart we're not going to do anything that's going to embarrass you but just I want to take some time, just 30 seconds, and I want you to ask yourself the question, what does your heart long for? When you really settle into it, what does your heart long for? Just take some time to think about that. Okay, I'm sure you can think about it more, but what, what um, some brave souls, what, what came up for you as you, you considered that question of what your heart longs for? Yes. Freedom, freedom and family. Great. Anybody else? Yes. Happy, healthy family. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin. Well, that's, yeah, it can be hard. Yeah. Peace, joy, happiness, and compassion. Yeah. 
oneness with God. Okay. More trust in the Lord. Good. Yeah. You know, what, what do you notice about these things that come up in the depths of our heart when we ask that question? Like, these are, these are not things, peace, joy, happiness, a healthy family. Like, that, that is not something that our job delivers to, for us, right? I mean, our, our careers don't give us these things. Yeah, they can provide for our family to some extent financially. But what I want to, what I want to just bring up to us, all of us here, is that there's more to us that needs to be done in us that our job can't deliver. Have you ever thought about the, the idea and the, the, the reality that, that the, the invitation of the gospel, the invitation of the gospel through Jesus is to meet those desires, to meet those deep longings, and that the invitation for that comes through the invitation to be sons? The invitation of those deep longings of our heart comes through the invitation to walk with the Father and to be a son. So in the midst of your job, you know, whether today, whether you're 26 and you're just starting to earn money, or whether you're 68 and you're facing this huge transition to the latter part of life, that invitation today from the Father is to be, first and foremost, to be a son, to be a son. Um. And saying yes to that, saying that yes to that invitation to be a son um, is also saying yes to an invitation to a journey, a process. It's not something that happens with one transaction. It's something that is a journey with the Father that we need to go through. George MacDonald, this old, gnarly-looking, 19th-century Scottish writer and author, um, said this he said since we are the sons of god and and we are we we are the sons of god since we are the sons of god let us become the sons of god he knew that there was a process and it is a process it's a journey that we need to step into what is true to become on a daily basis the sons of god so i'm here today with you not because like i walked this well you know, not at all. Like I'm, I'm here with you guys today because I didn't like. There's a lot of stuff in my career that I, I had no idea what I just talked to you about. I didn't live that way. Um, I, I'm, I'm here because 15 years ago, Jesus rescued me. Really, he, he rescued me. I mean, I, I was a believer for probably since I was a kid. You know, I can remember the transaction I did. You know, I prayed the prayer. And it was significant, right? It was good. But, but I was never on a journey to be a son until 15 years ago. And Jesus rescued me. He brought me out of my small, destructive story. And he explained to me in a way that I could understand the invitation to be a son. I mean, even you can tell, even right now, it's, it's almost too good to be true. You know, it, it, still, it still hits me here that that, that was offered, and it's still there today. So I want to I paint you a picture um, here of me, because you guys all see me sitting up here. My friends know me. <laughs> um, but I want to paint you a picture of the corporate me. This is the annual report shot, right? Confident guy, clean-shaven, like, you know, and yeah, looks great. Look, I got cufflinks on. If, if you really want... If you want... <laughs> If you want to be the guy that gets stuff done, 
you got to have cufflinks. I mean, it's just so. But this was me. Like, this is me in, in a job that some private equity guys put me into because I got stuff. And I'm using a good word here. I got stuff done. Like, I was a hard-charging, hard-charging, direct to the point, abrupt, get on the bus or get off kind of guy. That was how I operated, and I got rewarded for it. They loved me for it, right? And and to be sure, like all you guys are in businesses and hire people, like you want that guy, like you want that, you want to have that guy in your in your in your, in your business. And you know, for sure, there's some gifting that I have that allows me to do that, and I and I was able to use it in a way to make my life and my story work, right? Um, and that's good. It's, those gifts are good, but they were in the, long, in the wrong place. But, but what I want to say, though, is that that guy with all that hard-charging leadership, get-it-done stuff, like, that was my only MO. That, that was all. That's how I operated with everybody. Imagine what my two daughters, you know, how they responded to that. Imagine how my wife responds to that. That was my only MO. Like, this, this picture of me is a picture of me operating as, as a successful orphan, really, as, as a guy who took the gifting that I had and used it to make my life work. But that's all I knew how to do. I had a singular way of engaging with people. So you, you can take that down. I mean, like, that's, yeah, that's, <clears throat> it looks good, but it's gone. So... But have you ever noticed, here's something that's just stunning to me. Jesus doesn't have one MO. Uh, he doesn't operate one way. You know, he, he responds with aggression towards the tax gatherers in the front of the temple that are preventing people from coming to Jesus. He responds with aggression towards the Pharisees who are taking the truth and putting its burdens on people. And then he turns and responds with compassion to people. And he sits with sinners and outcasts without judgment. Like, the ability of him to pivot and change and, and to respond appropriately to different people and to different situations is just, to me, stunning. It's, it's so attractive, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I saw that, and I, I would love, I would love, would have loved to be able to respond with clarity and courage and strength to a situation with, that required it, but then to come and turn to my family and my, my daughters and my friends with compassion and grace and presence. I, I mean, you, you don't get that by just, I mean, I, I didn't know how to get it. I, I didn't have it. I just had one MO. Um, now, where does Jesus get this capacity from? Where does he get this capacity to pivot like that? And I want to say part of it is because he knew how to live as a son. He knew how to live as a son under the authority of his father. Um, you know, coming back to that corporate guy with only one way to engage with others, the rescue for me was for Jesus to come and offer me the invitation to walk with the father as a son for him to begin to excavate things and begin to direct my gifting, not towards how I make my life and my story work, but direct my gifting towards the things that he meant it to be used for and, and to draw it into what he originally intended me, to, who he intended me to be and what he intended me to do in the time that he created me before the beginning of time. Um, 
What if those desires that you guys thought of earlier on here, what if those were the main priorities that Jesus and your father has for you? What, what if that was his agenda? His agenda was for your family to be well, for you to love him more, to have peace and joy, all those longings that you have. What if that was what it was about, really? I mean, why, why, why wouldn't they be? I mean, he's, he's the one who has put those longings in your heart, as it says in Psalms, that delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So, you know, walking with the Father as a son, it brings you into that. It, it's something your career doesn't give you. Um, so I started by suggesting that we, we've probably concluded that our lives are too much about our jobs. And I'm not saying that our jobs and our careers and our business are not important. I mean, they are, yes. Yes to jobs and careers. Yes to what they provide. But what I want to invite you guys in today is, first of all, to look at yourselves as who you are as sons and the context of those jobs and those careers. And when we do that, we see that our jobs, our careers, good or bad, hard or easy, all the things that become obstacles to us seeking to... to um, to, to, to have the desires of our heart met, they become not obstacles, but they become a training ground for the Father to work in our lives and our heart to bring us into what he intended us to be. So I want to invite you into that today, to be a son first. Um, and I want to give you a couple practical steps here that I think have helped me over the years at least, um, and they still help me now, as to how, how does, what does it look like? What does it look like to to respond and say yes to the invitation to be a son on a daily basis. Like, not up here, not in your head, not, you know, not on Sunday morning when you hear somebody talk about being a son, but in the morning when you wake up, when you go to work, what does it look like to live and to engage with the Father in being a son? Um, and the, and the, first of all, the first one is um, to cultivate intimacy with Jesus. We'll see there. You got all three of them up already. You know, cultivate intimacy with Jesus, not intimacy with a doctrine, not intimacy with what you should do, not intimacy with a belief system. You see, this was part of my issue. Like, I was in love with what was right. And I'm not talking about what Tim said was right about doing the right thing, but what the right doctrine was. Like, we can be in love with our our doctrine, our belief systems, and our theology. But to cultivate an intimacy with Jesus, because first and foremost, an invitation to be a son is an invitation to a relationship with a living person. So intimacy with Jesus. Um, he's primarily concerned with that. He's primarily wanting intimate with us. Um, and so look look out for it during the day. Like, how is he loving you? How is he loving you? Do you notice it? Like, how is he being kind to you? You know, how is your wife being kind to you? That's something you would look for. How are your friends, you know, enjoying you? Look at Jesus in the same way. How is that happening for you? I think you have to fight for space to um, throughout the day to give God your attention. And we'll talk about this a little bit more as we talk about a strategy. But um, when, when you have time in your day, when you actually shut everything down, you don't think, you don't, but you give God your full attention. I mean, think about it. How, how many times does that happen during the day? I find journaling really, really helpful to do to do this, you know, to write out what he said to me, what my longings are, what my struggles are, to just be super honest in the journal. Write, write it out. Um, 
bring him in, bring Jesus into your meetings. You know, before you walk into that door with a client or you walk into a sales meeting or walk into meetings with your colleagues, invite Jesus in. Invite Jesus into the, the conversations you have with your colleagues. Invite him into the phone calls you need to make. Invite him into the quarterly report that you have to write. I, I, I've done that. It's so much better to have the Father with you when you're doing this stuff. What do you want to show me, Jesus, through these things? Secondly, you need to have a strategy. And, and what I mean by this, and uh, I mean the world, the moment you awake, the world is starting to knock at your door. The enemy is there to destroy you. And if you're just going through this world in this naive space of just living it out, you're going to get killed. You need a strategy that's going to allow you to have life practices that confront what you're set up against every day. Um, you know, I was just uh, I was just out on the East Coast with my wife's family, and um, it's the first time in a long time that I have been in a house where the TV is on from the moment you awake to when you go to bed. Oh, it is unbelievably killing to the soul. I mean, the stuff that is, and I'm not saying TV's evil, but I'm saying that if that's what you first wake up to and that's what starts to get pumped into you, it, it is just, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. Yeah. Um, TV, phones. Like, what, how many, I, I won't ask you, but if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is look at your email, you are killing yourself. Like, don't do it. Like, and, and this is the other thing. Find some things that, that, that is defiance. Like, I refuse to look at my email when I get up in the morning. I refuse to pick up my phone in the morning. It, it will start you on a track that is not about intimacy with the Father. Um, I'm wearing flip-flops today, you know? And this is something that I just, as I was walking out of the house... What do I wear to a business summit? Flip-flops. Forget the cufflinks. No. No to cufflinks. Yes to flip-flops. Yes. Huh? I, but it's just the, the world is out there every day, every moment saying, you need to be this way. No, I don't. You know, let, let, me, let me dial in, Jesus, to what you have for me. Um, so don't, don't open your phone in the morning. But I don't know what it is for you, but you need to have a strategy that practices. What I'm saying is you need to, for yourself, work out practices that are going to allow you to walk with the Father through the day and confront what, you are, what you're bombarded with every day. The world has a huge amount of stuff out there that is, is, is demanding your attention. The third thing is a fellowship of allies. And I said allies, I didn't say friends. Allies. Guys who know your story, who love you, who walk with you. Like, who would you call at 2 a.m. in the morning? There was a lot of decades in my life when I had no one I would call it to in the morning. I, would, I would don't, know who, don't know who it would be. But guys that could, you could call at 2 a.m. in the morning. Um. They need to be people that are on a journey as sons um, who understand your stories, I said, and love you. You know, maybe it's guys in the fire team. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's guys that go to a new life. Maybe they're not. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that don't 
put who those guys are in a box or in some kind of structure, but allow the Father to walk you into who those guys are. And the final thing I'll say about that is it isn't a lot of people. You know, it isn't the 1,500 Facebook friends you have, if, God forbid, you're on Facebook. But, <laughs> but a few, it's a few. Like, it's, it's three, you know, maybe. That's it. That, that's all. The world, the world, again, tells us that we need to have a lot of friends. And it's great to know a lot of people, but there's only going to be a few that know your story and that can speak to your heart and that can walk through life with you. So you need to have a few. So I want to tell a couple stories before I end. I think I'm doing okay here. Um, I'll tell you when to put up those pictures in a minute, Josh, but just hold, hold on for right now. So I want to end with a couple stories. I love adventure. Like, I love adventure. I love the wilderness. I love epic stuff. I love, I love to do extreme things, as people know me. They know that. And uh, it's, it's part of who I am. It's part of who God made, made me to be. It's where I connect with him. And when I, uh, when I went on the corporate journey to, um, to do what I thought was required of me, all that stuff got shut down. Like, that's not valuable. If you want to get stuff done, don't, don't, don't go do this kind of stuff. Just get on with it. So I, that all got shut down. But when Jesus rescued me, he brought me back into it. And he has given me so much through pursuing my heart in these things. And one of the things that he's given me through that is just his allies, guys that love to do this with me. So if you just put that first one up. So this is my buddy Aaron, my good buddy Aaron. And this is us about a month ago on the Wind River Range, Wyoming. Um, we were doing a 100-mile hike from the south end to the north end. And we, we got to know, got, know each other through our, our joint love of trail running. And we spent so much time together talking and sharing our hearts and issues and stuff. So this is Aaron and Josh, the next one there. This is my good buddy Chris on the same on the same trip a month ago, going down this gnarly glacial uh, valley five or six days into our trip. Um, this this was a trip to die for. Like we do this every year. It's it's outside magazine credible. It's even better than that. Like it is epic, big. And, and what I loved most about it was not where we were and what we saw, which was incredible, but I'm with these two guys. And multiple times we would say, wow, guys, I can't imagine who else I would be out here that was more than with, I would not want to be out here with any other guys than you guys. Multiple times we would say that. Um, and I'll never forget, um, this was the most memorable, memorable day of the whole trip was I started to share with them where the frontier that God I, that I felt God was leading me into. And it was a difficult thing to talk about. But these guys, they, they didn't just say, ah, oh, that's tough, Dave. Yeah, we'll pray for you. No, they were, they were like around me. They were asking questions. They were digging deeper into what I was talking about. And, and the mo- most memorable moment for this whole trip for me is not all that we went through and all that we hiked over and all the beautiful stuff, but it was on the side of a lake as these guys are huddled over me, praying for me as I shared the de- deep things in my life at the point, that point in time. Those are allies. Those are guys who are 100% in, and they are needed in your life. Uh, the final picture here is of a young, my young buddy, Justin. And Justin came to me a couple years ago. He wanted me to mentor him in fly fishing, which became not much of anything. But what it did become is, a, is a, again, a love of running together. And um, we, we've run together, and I've helped run some races, and we ran a few races together this year. And this race, particular race, is about two months ago. 
And, and we are smiling. Like, we are just smiling because we get to do this stuff together, run through these incredible places together. And um, on this particular race, we were able to run together for 64 miles and come into the finish line together. Like, so if you do ultra racing, like a, a guy, I mean, a month ago, he and I ran a race together, and he was about an hour or two hours slower than me, so we never thought we'd be able to run together. So uh, for about, you know, 10 miles, I figured, oh, Justin, we'll see you at the end. Well, he, he kept running, and I wasn't slowing down. He wasn't going fast. But the father that day gave to us the ability to run together all the way on this race, and we came into the finish line together, and we, we just couldn't believe it, that we had the, this joy of being able to end this, this chapter of our, our life together and running to finish this, this race together. What I want to say to you guys with these pictures is that um, those are not things that I can make up. Like, as walking into the journey of being, being fathered and being a son, you get these unexpected gifts that you just couldn't make up yourselves. This is not a story that I could make myself, and I want to invite you into that. So you're, you're, more, you're more than what you think you are. You are sons. We are sons but we need to become sons, right? We need to walk into that. <laughs> you, you don't have to run to be a good ally. But yeah, thanks. I, I have some unique things that I enjoy, and I'm glad I have allies that enjoy those with me. So thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks.